How about that cigar? How about that cigar? Well, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us. It is Tuesday. It's our favorite night of the week. We hope it's your favorite night of the week as well. As always, guys, we are so grateful that you are here with us on How About That Cigar Live. Whether you're watching on Facebook, watching on YouTube, or listening after the fact on the audio podcast, thank you so much for watching, for listening. Uh, Give us a minute, if you would, please share us out to your favorite Facebook cigar groups, uh, YouTube cigar groups. And if you're listening on the audio podcast, give us a quick subscribe and give us a big, fat, beautiful five-star rating. If you like what you hear, we appreciate it so much. And we want to tell you tonight that we are coming to you, as always, live from the Drew Estate Cigar Studios. And Drew Estate wants to tell you about the Leather Rose. The latest addition to the Deadwood lineup, Leather Rose is available now to all retailers nationwide. Mm -hmm. Uniting with her sisters, Sweet Jane, Fat Bottom Mm -hmm. Betty, and Crazy Alice, the spicy Leather Rose is the boldest lady of the bunch. Ooh, she's bold. The 5x54 Torpedo features a rich Maduro wrapper and proves to be the spiciest of the Deadwood family. So naughty. Lighting up the Leather Rose will fill the room with her exotic aroma, plus the effortless draw will leave you longing for more. The Deadwood Leather Rose is a 5x54 Torpedo packaged in 24-count boxes and will be shipping in July. For more info, please visit DrewEstate.com. So, guys, we said it. We'll say it again. Thank you so much for joining us. This is episode 70. That is... My brain wants to explode when I just think about 70. You know, it's 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 crazy. It's awesome. Thank you guys so much for, you know, being a part of this show. We've we've loved it. We're going to keep doing it. It's we've been mm-hmm. really fortunate to have awesome guests throughout the weeks, you know, over this last year and a half or so we've been doing this and uh, you know, it's all because of you guys that you continue to watch, you continue to listen. Uh, we appreciate it. As always, participate in the conversation tonight uh when we get our guest on with conversation with questions comments things like that let us know what you're smoking drinking let us know what you're smoking drinking um so we talked about this last year in the baseball season we thank god have a little bit of a baseball season again right now Mm -hmm. the our team our (laughs) beloved minnesota twins cannot beat the worst team in the in the division the Royals, the Kansas. We just why do they just, have our number? They did last season. Too. I know we just got swept by the worst freaking team in the division, and and we we ran, we've been running all over other teams. Our bats and, have been hot. So for some reason, we go to play Kansas City, and everybody just goes to sleep. Yep. I don't know what was going on. Uh, pitching was has not been solid at all, uh, and and the 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 guys Kepler just. Fell off the face of the earth. Yep. Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz. Uh, Sano's been quiet. So, um, although it's nice, I love having Buxton back. Oh. It's great to yep. have him back. It is. And uh, and this pitcher, um, I'm so glad that we've got this, uh, the, the kid with the big the big old school mustache. Oh, dude, that, um, I mean, it, it that's right out of uh, Major League. It is. I love it. And I he's, love- he's got the big gl- ugly glasses yeah. and, and the, the you know the big handlebar mustache. And it's just I love it. Yep. Uh, and for some reason his name is escaping me right now. I know me too. Um Dobnik. Dobnik, thank you. Yeah. Um yeah, he's he's been really great. And yep. hopefully yeah, I mean we did win against uh the Brewers. Uh the Brewers yesterday. Uh, I think we're playing right now. Yep. We're uh, up 4 to 0. So, oh, there you go. So, but again, why, when, because it's such a short season, when we get up to it 
in the end of this short season. The Yankees are playing phenomenal baseball right now. Yep. And if we can't even stand up against the worst team in the division, that being the Kansas City Royals. We don't deserve it. There's no way we're it's going to be just like last year. We're going to we're going to face New York in the first round of the playoffs and we're going to get smoked. Yep. So they just they have to figure out a way to um not fall asleep during what they consider to be, you know, just a throwaway series with with Kansas City. So, you know, otherwise the twins are doing well. So yeah. 11 and six. Yeah. Um, any other current event stuff? I mean, the wild are terrible. There's this little germ thing that's happening right now. Yeah. There's this little germ thing. Uh, some weird illness. Yeah. I heard something about, I did. Yeah. Facebook or something. Saw a meme. Yeah. I saw a meme and, Mm -hmm. and it told me everything I need to know. Yeah, That's where I get all my information. Yeah, if you if you don't learn it from memes, you're getting the bad you're getting bad info. Fake news. So just just read the read the two lines of text on a meme and yep. just take that as gospel because yep. it's all go with that. It's all true. Um, so tonight, guys, like I said, we we've been blessed and honored to have great guests throughout this this journey, and we we continue to have great guests. and And tonight, it is so cool because this segment of the show is always brought to you by a particular sponsor. And tonight it's awesome because this particular sponsor is also our special guest. Mm -hmm. So we're going to tell you right now that as always, our special guest segment is brought to you by Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com. They are the internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. And you'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Mr. Jeff Borshowitz believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special florida sun-grown tobacco if you live in florida or are just visiting be sure to visit any of the great corona cigar locations in downtown orlando sand lake lake mary and also the davidoff of geneva lounge in tampa for more info please visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com and like i said without further ado our special sponsor is also our special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Jeff Borshowitz. What's up, fellas? Yeah. That was a hell of an introduction. That was uh, I feel like it's a price is right or something getting ready to start, man. But good job. Yeah, I say I want to want to scream, come on down. You are the next contestant on how about that cigar? <laughs> All right. Well, good evening, fellas, and thanks for having me on the show. And congratulations on what you said this is episode 70? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And uh, for those who have been with us, you know, since or near the beginning, Jeff was one of our first guests early on. And uh, it's awesome to always have returning guests, but also to see the growth of uh, both How About That Cigar and our guests. And uh, excited to get into what the last year is, has uh, brought for you guys. Well, I guess I'm an early adapter. I'm not the uh, early adapter when it comes to technology, but I guess on these shows here, I recognize the talent quickly and uh you guys are doing a great job oh Oh, thank you so much thank you it means a lot it's it's cool because i went back and uh listened to or watched a little bit of the the last time you were on it was in september of last year and i mean there's there's no possible way that that you know us regular folks could have predicted 
you know, what things were going to be like. I mean, you watch, it's funny, only, only going back to September to think that, that we were going to have you on the show again in August and the world was going to be the way that it is right now. I mean, how have things been like for, for, you know, for Corona cigar and, and, and for the Florida sun grown farms during this crazy first, I don't know, uh, two thirds, close to two thirds of 2020. I kind of feel like it's an episode of Planet of the Apes, and one of these days we're going to wake up and we're going to be on a beach with the you know Statue of Liberty buried halfway in the sand because this is a crazy year. But um, next scene reminds I, me of Spaceballs more than it does Planet of the Apes. Well, you could. There's a whole bunch of different movies we could tie this to. Terminator's <laughs> coming next too. I believe that. Yeah. But Sky, anyway, yeah. Skynet's already active. We saw that a couple weeks ago when those doctors went on uh, did their press conference. But anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a really weird scenario here. Corona cigar with the with the you know the, the bars at all the location, everything, and being in a urban area downtown Orlando. I mean, right on what we call Main and Main Street. So City Hall's right across the street, and anytime there's any kind of a, a you know parades or protests, they come right past the store. So uh, it's been a weird time, but at the same thing, uh, which which kind of ironic is that. I can drive um, 55 minutes west and go to the farm in Claremont. And when you're in, when you're amongst the, you know, tobacco plants or cattle or whatever, dude, these, these, these plants and animals have no clue what year it is. Right. (laughs) So it's kind of, it's kind of surreal how you can be, you know, working on tobacco or in a farm or whatever. And you, and, and honestly, you, you don't have any sense that there's anything wrong whether it's with, you know, the civil unrest or whether it's with COVID or whether it's, you know, the terrible things that happened, people got sick. Um, but when you get to the farm, it's totally different. So it's yeah. really weird. It's, it's a yin and yang. And so, uh, but we have to watch it all. We have to watch yeah. everything that's going on. So well, it's a lot of balls to juggle, but we're doing all right. And, you know, we've, we've talked to people throughout this, this year, you know, during different stages of, uh, of the quarantine and, and uh, shelter in place and, and total shutdowns and everything in between. So what were the stages like, you know, for, for the retail business and the farm, you know, going all the way back to when they first said, okay, we're going to, we're going to have to shut things down. There's going to be shelter in place. Businesses are going to have to be closed. And then as you guys were able to gradually reopen, whether it was curbside delivery whether it was, uh, yeah, and then then being able to actually open the doors to customers and things like that. What what were the stages like for you? Well, for us, the stages were 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 bad because the for anything that has anything to do with uh, restaurants, bars, or tourism, um, they got hit the hardest. You know, so we got shut down early. Um, we're still allowed to sell cigars fortunately but um we closed our downtown store for over a month just because uh i know you guys are, are in minneapolis we're are so you understand what it's like in downtown when they, when they tell people to shelter in place no one's on the streets and so you know we had photos of downtown orlando just like they did in las vegas where it was you know again like planet of the apes there wasn't a soul on the street it was really scary so our uh, our stores uh, our, our downtown store closed but the other ones that were in the in, in Lake Mary and Sand Lake, which are in more of the suburbs, we remained open, but we could, people couldn't stay. They could just buy cigars and leave. So there were some major uh, challenges there, not just for, 
I think for me, the biggest thing was, what do you do with all the staff? We got 125 employees. So that was a, a, a real big uh, a challenge. And uh, we wanted to keep everybody on payroll and this way people to have their health insurance and didn't get canceled, especially during a time when you need it most. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever been on Cobra before, but Cobra is totally on a, it's unaffordable. Many, many years ago and it was, it was terrible. Yeah. When you get a, a, an insurance notice that we're used to pay, whatever, you know, $50 a pay period for your health insurance. And all of a sudden they tell you it's going to be $250 a pay period. And it's like, yeah. Dude, I, you know, it's, it's nuts. But anyway, um, we did a uh, paycheck protection program, which helped out tremendously. We were able to keep everybody uh, on payroll through the whole period, uh, even though every bar was shut down. And, um, so, you know, listen, it, it is what it is. Florida reopened and then all of a sudden they took it away again uh, as far as uh, yeah. the bars go. So it's been a little uh, tricky. And did you go the PPP route? Yeah, we did. And, and, and fortunately, we, we got one. That was uh, awesome. and it was tricky because we were we were into it payroll for three weeks, um, paying people when the stores were closed. Yeah. Um, and not knowing whether PPP was going to happen or not. Right. So there's a point where, you know, it's, you're, it's real money. And so, um, you know, and then our rents, our stores are really expensive, the rent. So anyway, the, yeah, we'll make it, we're, 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 we're well diversified and, uh, in, in fiscally responsible company. And on the flip side, mail order has been on fire. And, yeah. uh, so that's, that's helped us with, you know, coronacigar.com just, we, and, was blowing up through all of this but i i will say this i'd much rather have people be able to go to their local cigar shop and have a cigar in their store versus what they had to do i understand a lot of stores are opening up but there's still challenges there so we're we're working through it um you asked about the farm there was absolutely no difference on the farm As a matter of fact what was interesting the even during all the stay-at-home orders and everything we actually got something from the florida department of agriculture which is like a uh Kind of like a permission slip like if you missed school saying hey here's your permission slip for missing school this was a permission slip that if you have a farm that you're you're you can be on the road and driving and all that other kind of stuff so farms were totally exempt 100 percent exempt from uh from any kind of shutdowns no matter what because at the end of the day even though we're not growing food but actually we are with our cattle we, we grow a lot of we're providing a lot of beef but yeah uh, at the end of the day the um you know, the food supply, as we all saw, we thought toilet paper is important, but actually food is the most important thing, right? So yeah. farms farms were totally exempt from any stay-at-home orders because, uh, you know, we got to eat. Yeah. And did you find that – actually, one question I have is, as far as the tobacco growing operation goes, I know in some countries they do two cycles a year. Do you guys do two harvests or just a single? No, we do two cycles a year now, too. Okay. Um, and we started that a couple years ago after we had uh, we lost the crop in the spring. It was before last year's uh, barn smoker. So we had, to, we had to plant the crop late. And the only time you can't really grow at all is right now during the summer months in Florida. June, July, August, it rains all the time and your tobacco will, get, will just won't. It'll get ruined with so much rain. But um, we... We do now. We grow two smaller crops instead of one larger crop. We grow two smaller ones: one in the spring, one in the fall. That way, if we have a problem in the spring, like a you know bad hailstorm or or you know real bad thunderstorms or something goes wrong that destroys the crop, we, we can we can plant in the fall 
and, and just make up. So we're just a little more diverse by having it twice a year. And also it helps spread the workload at the farm too, so that you can have guys that are working year round, which is, which is the biggest struggle for any farm. Yeah. You do, especially like where you're, you guys are at up in Minnesota. It's like, what does a farmer do once it's, when the ground's frozen? You know what I mean? So that's why places like Minnesota, you guys are growing a lot of grain and stuff like that. And, uh, uh, but, but when it comes to like row crops, which is what tobacco is, which requires tons and tons of labor, what do you do with people when you have nothing growing? And yeah. so that's why it's a challenge. Yeah. Up here, it's, I mean, it's almost similar to, um, you know, guys, guys who are in the uh, uh, the landscaping and landscape maintenance mm -hmm. racket up here. You know, if they own a business that mows lawns or installs retaining walls or sod and that kind of thing, then during the winter months they'll do snow removal. Yes, so they'll they'll plow. They'll uh, they'll get bucket loaders and and dump trucks and and remove uh, excess snow from city streets and things like that. Um, so they're fortunately they're always able to have kind of shift things from a seasonal perspective. And, and for us, that's why, and that's, and that's a great example. So what we had done was uh, we got involved years ago. We started building up a beef, a beef cattle operation. So that way we have work to do in the summertime or, or in between when we don't have tobacco in the ground. So that's how we, that's why I did that so that we could have uh, um, some key guys working, you know, 365 day or whatever, you know, year round. Yeah. Now, one one thing I want to know is, um, and you know, this is a this could be a question that that would affect you know future business. So feel free to say or don't want to answer. But I'm curious about the supply and demand thing. You know, when it comes to growing your crop and and then um, once the crop is ready for for sale to whoever, um, are you? Uh, and it's it is early as far as that goes. But are you seeing any early indicators that there's not going to be as much demand for the tobacco as there was in previous years. No, what we've done is we've, we've diversified the portfolio that we sell them in too. So you got FSG by Drew Estate. We have our Corona 20th anniversaries that use it. We have several um, smaller projects too, like the American with JC Newman that uses the, the wrapper. Um, and then we have uh, uh, Z from uh, Finca Santa Fe. Uh, that does our, our Finca Santa Fe FSG. And then finally, we've been running out of these things forever. But I'm smoking one of our, uh, our FSG farm rolls. And um, that's something we've never been able to keep in stock. But hopefully now we're going to you, you know, be able to keep these going. Uh, yeah. It's still small production. But this, is, this uses tobacco that's aged in our, our single barrel bourbon barrels uh, right there mm -hmm. on the farm in the, in the, in the uh, barrels. And so we've got a lot of unique stuff. So fortunately... We haven't had that problem and we can always, you know, th this, the intention of growing tobacco in Florida has always been, uh, it's like a microbrewery or micro distillery. And that was always from day one, just because it's so expensive to do this in America. Mm -hmm. That's why there's nobody that does this. Right. But you can do it if it's a small, small production. So that's why when, when, you know, we have one tobacco barn and we want to fill it. So, Every year we grow between four and 5,000 pounds a year. So if we do two crops, that's 2,500 pounds in the spring, 2,500 pounds in the fall. So that's how we do it. And it's worked out well for us. And uh, so with everything going on, how has, has it changed any of your R&D and, um, you know, new products that you might 
be either launching or looking into? What has that done for for you guys over the last you know handful of months? Well, you know, FDA is the one that the that's the eight hundred pound gorilla in the room on all of us. So it depends on you know we're we're plugging away as if FDA regulations are are not going to come down on us that we're going to beat them in court, but we're going to beat them somehow through political uh, pressure. So. You know, we're continuing with with other projects that we've had always in, the, let's say, in the long term plan. So um, there's a lot of, you know, that's always been something what made the cigar industry interesting. If it wasn't for new stuff that was always coming out, the industry, it, I don't want to say it'll get a little stale, but people like to see new expressions and new mm-hmm. new blends and new tobaccos and things like that. So it was always in the plan to have sort of a you know a gradual rollout of stuff um but we were never fsg was never about just coming up with gimmicky stuff you know and 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 doing like silly things just like you know i don't know changing something on a box even though the cigars are the same we're not about that so so uh it's always been the slow and steady but in and keep it real concept and Mm -hmm. and that's that's what uh we want to do and remember that the the good part is is that Primarily, we're retailers. Corona Cigars, a retail company with you know beautiful stores and cigar bars. The FSG was brought on as a sort of just to bring something back that's totally unique. Right. So you know, if it's it's like whatever, like let's say Budweiser that's with you know selling their Bud and Bud Light, but then you know they want to bring on some cool little projects too that keep keeps things fresh. Mm-hmm. So for us doing the FSG and doing the farms and stuff, it was more of a you know, just let's 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 keep that little bit of the American uh, history rolling here. Just the same way, it's the exact same thing what Drew Newman's doing in Tampa with the American. Yeah, you know, they they you know he's got two rollers rolling the cigars, and it's all about keeping the cigar going in the cigar city of Tampa. So yeah. so it's hand in hand what we're doing. Well, and that's that American is a is a nice cigar. We we smoked mm-hmm. it and 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 reviewed it on on the website last year and. Uh, it is. I mean, you hear unique a lot, um, where it, where maybe sometimes it doesn't mm-hmm. apply, but I really in that American, it it genuinely applies. Hundred uh, percent. It's unique and and uh, uh, I, and I like the term that you used, uh, Jeff, uh, uh, a unique uh, a new expression. You know, when it comes to new brands or new projects and mm-hmm. things like that. And and the the American really is one of those genuine genuine examples of a, of a new expression of of hand-rolled tobacco. What's interesting about that is that it, it's 100% new to us. Um, however, it may or may not have been used 125 years ago, back when Florida was producing lots of cigar tobacco and exporting it, let's call it exporting it to other states. There were cigar factories everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, Pennsylvania and, and, and Connecticut were growing a lot of tobacco too. So there were cigars made back in those days using American tobaccos. Um, and it was actually really interesting. A lot of those the, those old cigars from 125 years ago, they also used tobacco from Wisconsin. They used yeah. tobacco from Maryland. There's something called Maryland shoestring tobacco, which I'd love to try and find that. Just to, because it's a really, if you ever look at look at a picture of something called Maryland shoestring tobacco and you see the leaves, you'd be like, wow, that's weird looking. The huh. leaves are long and narrow, like what like a corn plant. So, so anyway, it's just, there's some, there's some cool stuff that was, you know, going on back then that, mm-hmm. you know, you and I are, will never get a chance to have. And yeah. so, um, 
bringing back the Florida tobacco and working with it the way it's been. Anything we do, anything that we're going to do with Florida Sunroof Tobacco, it's going to be unique because it hasn't been out for so long. Yeah. And the tobacco that was grown in Florida was primarily shade. The Cuban tobacco, the Cuban seed tobacco that was grown in Florida was done in the 1800s to ni- about 1905. So, in the, and that's what we grow. We grow the Cuban seed stuff. So, well, the stuff we grow hasn't been around for 120 years. Yeah. And as a reminder for our viewers and listeners, we had Jeff on last September, and he goes into an origin story and talks about, you know, both uh, the Corona Cigar Company and the Florida Sun Grown farms and everything. Please go back, take a watch, and listen to that to, you know, kind of fill in the gaps of where our conversation is going. The, the only other person that can babble longer on tobacco and especially on seed variety is Steve Saka. That guy can go for yeah. three hours. That, yeah. That was in, well, yeah. Probably six hours actually. Yeah. But he's, he's really good on, on that stuff. So anyway, he is. he's an encyclopedia. He is, especially when, when it we, comes to a lot of uh, all the other varieties. Um, he's done a lot of research on that. Yeah. We did sort of a mini masterclass with him uh, mm-hmm. when, when we had him on the show because yep. he, uh, we, we had this article that, uh, actually was sent to me by uh, Skip Martin, sent me this article that Steve Saka wrote for Cigar Magazine yeah. back in 2007. That's right. It was and a fantastic article, it, one it of the was, best ever it, written. It was perfectly it detailed, going across every varietal and growing region and things like that. So we, we, we kind of had him take us through that article point by point and sort of teach us and and we barely and, – and the funny thing is in an hour-and-a-half-long show, we barely even scratched, scratched the surface. Yeah, yeah. But it was but guess black. what chapter he missed in that article? The Florida, Florida chapter. Because nobody, nobody was growing it then. I'm telling you, people didn't know right. about this stuff because it was a we got a generation gap in here. So really, yeah. the only guys that knew about it were like Eric Newman, because they were using Florida tobacco back. You know, their factory's been around for 125 years. So you have to talk to somebody that's been in it generationally. And there's a few yeah. guys that that are, that are still around that. Um, were involved in that like last night uh christine rose follower julio mm-hmm. Rua, he used to work uh in the in the florida tobacco farms too so there's still a few old guys around that that literally experienced working with it and smoking it uh real quick a, a viewer question what is the price point on that farm rolled and ten dollars uh, ten dollars yeah it's ten dollars and uh we they sell they sell out quickly but we just got because we only have two people local Florida guys that roll them, and you know, so it's real limited production. But uh, if you get a chance, they're on the website. We have them in the stores, but they they sell out pretty quickly. But it's tr- it's hundred it's hundred percent Florida tobacco right out of our barn. So uh, wrapper binder filler, and it's rolled without a without a uh, a mold. So it's like a, a freehand type of cigar, and it's cured tobacco, but not fermented. So it's just gone through an aging process and curing process in our barns. So it's it's extremely unique. I yeah. have not had one. Well, we've yeah. got to get you one. Yeah. These. Uh, so Garrett and I tonight we fired up the the beautiful uh, you know FSG and that's the Bellicoso, right? Yeah, I got mm-hmm. the Bellicoso. Garrett's nice. smoking the Toro, and um, you know that when these when these first uh, because uh, Drew Estate handles distribution of this product for you guys, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. So when these were first uh, uh, announced, I want to say 2017, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, they made a big splash, you know, that year. Uh, and 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's this is also a, one of those because of that Florida sun-grown tobacco. It is it is definitely a a noticeable difference, you know, from from kind of the norm. What because for those of us who are cigar nerds like us, we smoke a lot of cigars, and we can tend to get caught in this sort of uh, I don't want to say rut, but we get in this pattern of smoking. Uh, similar wrapper styles, similar mm-hmm. flavor profiles, things like that. Mm-hmm. And when you when you get into something like this, that that genuinely puts you into a different place, it puts your palate in a different place. It's a lot of fun to smoke, and it's it fun is. also. I'm, so I'm smoking uh, this and then drinking some. Uh, I I was really into this plantation rum. Yeah, and I just got this is the special edition, the Fiji edition. It's got the little blue blue secondary uh, label on it, and um, this also this is another one of those examples where it's just there's something just a little bit different about this varietal versus just the the regular Plantation XO, and pairing that with this this FSG cigar um, changes things completely, and it's it's fantastic. It's a great change because it, it I, I get all this this kind of sweet and sour play you know over you know with the rum and the and the cigar i i just dig it it's awesome well that sounds like a great pairing i haven't tried that you know i i end up pairing mostly with single malt scotch and bourbon and i have a lot of of uh, dark rums but um i need to i haven't smoked an fsg with a dark rum yet so i'm gonna try that but you know what 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 we did recently was really cool and i don't think we have any left but did you guys see that fsg uh the beer we did the imperial stout we, I, we, did, we, uh, I do remember seeing it on, on Instagram. Yep. So I did one. It was really cool. We do a lot of single barrel bourbons. And so um, we working with a local brewer in, in Sanford, Florida, and we sent them one of our uh, bourbon barrels. And we they, they made a, a special. Hey, my wife is here, too. You want to say hi real quick, Tanya? Hey. Hi. <laughs> there you go. Oh. Anyway, so the Imperial, the Imperial. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Imperial stop that we had made with the Florida, uh, with the uh, bourbon barrel. My God, it turned out so good. Let me tell you, that was one of the COVID was bad, right? Shut a lot of places down. It was interesting. We had this beer sitting in this barrel that was going to go for 90 days. But because of COVID, this stuff went almost six months. Oh. And, and, and man, when it came out of the barrel, man, it was it was amazing. I'm yeah. telling you, it was amazing. And so you, we paired it with the FSG cigar. It was Something else, but w- the problem is with one barrel of, of bourbon, uh, one fifty gallon barrel, doesn't produce that much beer when you're selling right. them in those big giant bottles, right? Yeah. So uh, it sold out really quick. But oh, we're gonna do, we're doing a couple more of those. So that was a really interesting pairing. But so, so anyway, I got off on a tangent with the pairing there. But that was a, you just well, no, and, and I'm gonna continue to piggyback on on that because uh pairing is so fun and if you guys haven't really done a lot with pairing i encourage you to uh a friend of ours in the mhc community minnesota herf connection um introduced me or let me know about this tea that's aged in um oak uh whiskey barrels bourbon barrels and it already uses a um if you know what lapsang shulong tea is no. it's a black tea from china but they smoke it so really? yeah so it's this black tea oh, yeah. that's been smoked and it has this natural smoky flavor but then what they did was they aged it for three years in these oak three years three years holy shit so obviously it's not cheap 
However, it 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 changed my life. I bet that would be really good. I mean, I'm not really I'm not a big tea drinker, but I, that sounds like it would be fantastic. You guys, anything that smoked pairs well with a cigar. Oh yeah, honestly, Absolutely. it doesn't matter what it is. Smoked meat, smoked fish, smoked smoked anything with with smokiness to it pairs yeah. really good with a cigar. So yeah. even like uh, um, some of these small like mezcals and stuff these not the cheap ones the good ones the yeah. the, hand, the small handcraft ones those pair nicely too so yeah play around with it and and that's it we 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 do so many different single barrel selections that we pair jet just for cigars um we have a patron añejo tequila that's amazing it goes with cigars too and mm. it's aged in american bourbon barrels so we've got We've got a little, lot of different ones. In Corazon, we have one that's, that, that takes uh, stuff from the Buffalo Trace Distillery, and we, we take our barrels and send them to Mexico, and they, they, they make tequila in that as well. So we've got a lot of different things that just, you know, it, it broadens that horizon and what makes cigars fun. So yeah. hopefully we can keep this going as long as the FDA doesn't try to spoil a party on us, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, well, we're definitely going to get to uh, the FDA in the – in the discussion, I was curious though. Um, you you mentioned and and we've we've heard from some other big retailers uh, too, uh, like Abe and uh, Dave Garofalo. You know some of the other big online retailers that you know certain, some of the things that they've seen with uh, uh, their their online sales during COVID. And I was curious to you. I, obviously, you said that you've seen an uptick in online sales, but. Have you seen any changes over the last six, seven, eight months as far as uh, brands, you know, vying for position in in bestsellers, or or has that stayed relatively flat? I wouldn't say it stayed flat, but here's the thing: when it comes to, and this is why brick and mortar is really important because brick and mortar is where people will take a chance on some new cigars, right? And so yeah. it's it gives that's. And it's also part of the fun. Remember, walking into a cigar store and going into a humidor and looking at all the cigars and talking to cigars with, with, with the staff and with customers as well, you know, other fellow cigar guys, that's what makes the experience fun. And so you're, you'll pick up more new stuff. Like somebody will say, you know, if you're smoking, you know, let's say an FSG, you know, be like, hey, man, you know, how you like those Liga Pravadas too? And you guys just start talking, right? When you do mail order, um, there's a lot less trial yeah. and more of what's called brands that people are familiar with because you don't want to, you know, cigars are expensive. You don't want to buy a bunch that you don't like. And a lot of times some of the samplers that are offered is let's call them like teaser samplers. Sometimes, you know, sometimes there's a few good ones in there and sometimes there's not. And so yeah. people would rather if, if you took price out of the equation. People would rather shop in a cigar shop and smoke and, and talk with other people. It's a social, you know, smoking cigars is usually a, a social act. And so, um, you know, that's, while mail order is, is growing and it's going to continue to grow, um, it's critical, though, that, that the country has a strong base of cigar retailers and cigar lounges. Now, in my opinion, we have seen some really nice cigar lounges and cigar bars open up across the country. Um, and some of these have been made with significant investments. So what's important, though, is let's see what happens after COVID. That's why this COVID shutdown 
can be, you know, when if a bar if a bar is closed, we got some problems, and and there's a lot of bars that are closed right now. So let's mm-hmm. see where all this goes. But at the end of the day, we need brick and mortar. It's critical. And, yeah. And the industry needs it too. The cigar industry needs it, just like it needs mail order too, because there's a lot of volume through mail order. And don't forget, America's got some pretty remote areas, and you know, people that live in the in in cities don't realize how much of America is rural. And there is no cigar shop, right? Right. And and you got some states where it makes it just impossible to even have a cigar shop because right. of the taxes that are crazy. And you know, New York, I think, is going up to seventy-five percent over on on wholesale price. And you know, they just make it almost impossible for a retailer to survive. So um, you know, it, it it is tough, but at the same time, we we need these shops, and especially um, I get excited every time I see a nice cigar bar opening. Because that is the key. Um, you can't replace a cigar bar, or cigar lounge with right. an online order. It just doesn't happen. Right. And we like the ability. We, meaning cigar consumers, all of us, uh, we like that option. Especially if I go to another town, I want to be able to meet friends and go have a cigar at the local cigar bar or cigar lounge. Yeah. So you know, it's 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 an important part of what we do. Yeah, and I agree with you that the. The lounge piece is something we can't forget about because having a retail store is great. Having a location you can actually walk into a humidor, see the cigars, pick out a handful of singles, pick out your favorite box, whatever it is, and you know, and take them home and smoke them. But the lounge piece is—it's just it, having having that environment with the cigar community to be able to gather together as a cigar community and, and smoke cigars and talk about the weather, talk about mm-hmm. the game, talk about the election, talk about whatever it is. There's something so important about that. And you've got guys who are the members who have their lockers, you know, the regulars. And then you've got the people who go in there, you know, maybe once a month. And then you've got the, the new people that, you know, come in there and mm-hmm. the, the, the lounge is, is absolutely, and I don't want to get too poetic about it, but I, I honestly think that the cigar lounge is a is a vital piece of Americana. Yeah. Well, and what okay. I, you know, and uh, sorry to cut you off, Jeff. the The thing that I love and I enjoy when I work at a retail shop is when somebody comes in and they say, "Well, I'm, I'm, I'm new to cigars, and I'm, you know, I'm like excited for them, you know, yep. and and as much as I talk about the cigars, I say the culture is where this really uh, blossoms because as, as fantastic as these products are and, it, and it's an endless supply of, of discovery and, and it's a fun trip to go down, it's the people in this community that, that keep it alive and vib- vibrant and it, it's just, you know, corner to corner is amazing. And we've got a, such a diverse customer group too, especially, you know, yeah. now there's everything from all different ages and backgrounds and races and religion and political opinions. And then the cigar shop is where, or the lounge is where people can have a civil conversation. And so mm-hmm. uh, and that's, that's one of the things that there's not a whole lot of places left. You can do that. But yeah. You certainly can at a cigar shop. You can. And that's one of the, that's, that's a great point about civil conversations because Having, as we've learned over the years, it having a civil conversation over social media is, 
it's it's difficult, if not impossible. But having a civil discussion about about subjects that people even vehemently disagree when you're face to face smoking a cigar and and having a cup of coffee or a glass of bourbon or whatever it is that and it does honestly uh, we we're cigar nerds so we love the cigars but just having a face-to-face even if you're just in a in a coffee shop together having a cup of coffee having a civil disagreement there there are there there is something that that makes the conversation civil when you're face to face that when you're not face to face the the civility tends to go by the wayside <laughs> that's right it's because you got the keyboard cowboys that that's what i call oh. it when people do that so yeah. yeah it is what it is so well we got a, co- a comment i got to put on screen here saying don't take your lounges for granted here in the land of vegans and dope smokers <laughs> canada <laughs> we don't have the option of visiting a lounge and i and i i i i i i feel bad for you that, yeah. they, that you don't even have the option. I mean, you could obviously have, uh, you know, set up your own lounge in your garage or, or your, or your shed or your, or your house. And, and you have friends over and things like that, but not a true community it's not place be, because you, you, obviously the community of people that you invite to your own home cigar lounge is going to be, uh, you know, relatively narrow where if you go out to a lounge and you're going to run into people that you've never met before and people that Maybe you'll run into somebody at a public cigar lounge that you never in a million years would have thought you'd sit down and have a conversation with. And next thing you know, you're two hours into a conversation about, uh, you know, something that that you both disagree on, but you're having you're having a great time and you just can't get that anywhere else. Well, let me tell you what's crazy about that comment. I looked that comment was from uh, Vancouver, British Columbia. And I was in Vancouver last year, and you're right. It's hard to find a place to smoke cigars there. Uh, but it is a beautiful – now, I was there in the summertime, so it wasn't freezing cold. But uh, it is a beautiful city to smoke cigars. But the ironic part about Vancouver, it's easier to go sit on the street there and shoot up heroin than it is oh, to yeah. find a place to go smoke cigars. And that's what's crazy about what's going on in some places. However, I believe everything swings like a pendulum, and we're seeing – I've been in the business for 25 years and I remember how cigar smoking was lumped in by people that just didn't know any better that, that thought it was the same as smoking cigarettes. So, you know, they're like, Oh, you know, you shouldn't smoke, blah, blah, blah. And um, I really think that we've done a great job as an industry and as consumers to educate people that, you know, Marlboros and Macanudos aren't the same thing at all guys. (laughs) And so um, people, once they realize that and they're like, Oh, I didn't know. I didn't, you don't inhale a cigar? You mean you don't inhale it? I didn't know that. You know, right. so that was probably 95% of the people would say that, right? And so um, we've gotten to where more people are educated about what the cigar lifestyle is. So I think that there's not as much fervent pushback to a cigar lounge as there used to be 20 years ago. Because everybody just, they were like, oh, no, that's like, that's like having a cigarette bar or something. No, it's not, that's not what this is. Right. And so now that there are good examples to, for um, people to show. So let's say if you're, you know, you're in Minneapolis, you say, listen, let me show you like what they're doing here and here in these other cities across America. They have great lounges. I'm like, oh, wow, that, that looks different. Okay, so tell me more about it. At least you can get to that point where in the past it was like, no, it's smoking. Can't do it. Blah, blah. So we're, yeah. 
Yeah. We we have made some changes. I got this is a really interesting story. Our Davidoff store in Tampa, the landlords there is uh, um, an insurance company. And insurance companies are scared of their own shadows, and especially you know, publicly traded. So you got you don't have like an owner to make a decision. You got these right. these boarded these, Board. these com- committees and boards and all this other stuff. Man, when we had to get it past the committee and the board and all this stuff that this tenant is going to have alcohol and tobacco and smoking cigars, these guys were like they're like you know they're it, it took some convincing, but you know what convinced them? They visited every one of our Corona cigar stores. And once they came and they said, "Hey, we like that concept. We like the, We like what we're seeing. We're like we like the, the the type of clientele that's coming in. We like the the community that it is." So we got over that hurdle, and I think if we could get over that hurdle with a with an insurance company, you could probably get over that hurdle with just about anybody if you if you tell the story right. Yeah, and have the patience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I I agree with you that it's. You know, the consumer education piece. And, and here's the thing is that we, we've talked about a lot. It's not when we say consumer education, because that's that's why How About That Cigar started was for consumer yeah. education. But we actually learned along the way that there's a there's a broader piece to the consumer education uh, element. And that is it's not just about the people who are premium cigar consumers. It's about their family members and friends who don't understand the difference between a premium hand rolled cigar and a cigarette or a vape or, or, or marijuana what the helping their, and even for myself, family members and friends who, you know, um, are, are constantly, you know, giving me that sort of side eye about cigars and, you know, just trying to gently and, and, uh, kindly educate them. And, and, and sometimes they receive it. Sometimes they don't. But just to help them understand, you know, the the difference between the way the product is made, the way the product's consumed, the way the product is uh, is is collected and aged and and you know uh, and loved, versus uh, like they say in the hand, the hand rolled movie, it's yeah. not a it's not a nicotine delivery device. It's, it's that movie was good, by the way. I really oh, enjoyed yeah. that. It did a good job of telling the story. Yeah, it really did. And so that's one of the things that that we learned is that the consumer education piece goes way beyond just the just the men and women who who smoke premium cigars and have a humidor on their dresser at home. It, it goes to their their family members and friends and coworkers who don't necessarily understand. I mean, they, because they've they've had it beaten into their heads their whole lives. You know, that the, it's just a it's a simple, narrow answer, which is tobacco bad. There's no, there's no nuance to it whatsoever. And, and trying to figure out those ways to help people understand that your friends and family members who smoke premium cigars uh, are not, it, they're not in the same uh, risk category as somebody who smokes a, a pack or two of Marlboros a day. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not even the same ballpark. It's not even the same, to quote from Pulp Fiction, it's not the same fucking sport. You know, well, it, if 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 anything that may be good that comes out of all this FDA fiascos and hoops and stuff that we're having to deal with, um, you know, they've done more studies and they're not able to link all the stuff that they wanted to link to cigar smoking. They're not finding all these health consequences. They're not finding all this youth access. And so in a way, 
that's been kind of helpful because trust me, they're spending millions and millions and millions of dollars to try and connect the dots of why cigars should be regulated like cigarettes. And guess what? Mm-hmm. It is not coming back. It's, it's not even coming back what they thought it would be. Yeah. So in a way, maybe that, you know, maybe that helps us. I don't know. It's, no, I agree with, and it's, it is interesting that even, you know, the, the FDA using, using, like you said, using taxpayer money to fund studies, essentially having the preconceived notion in their minds that, that by the time the study's over, they're going to prove that the health effects of one or two cigars, an average of one or two cigars a day uh, for somebody, you know, uh, age, age, uh, age 30 to, to 50 is going to be the, the exact same range of health effects as somebody who smokes uh, 30 to 50 cigarettes a day uh, their uh, their own taxpayer funded studies are coming to completely opposite conclusions. Yep. They're validating what we've been saying all along, though. Right, yep. right. Because well, we didn't need a million dollar study to figure that out. Just based, yeah. you know, right. the people that I've grown up with, you know, the Avalovesians of the world, and the and and watching guys like uh, Orlando Padron and all these other guys, mm-hmm. Stanford Newman, people that you know I've worked with that I've watched that you know. And become were productive their entire life and lived into yeah. their nineties. You know, I mean, that's not that's not normal. Believe it or not, it's not normal to be uh, in your in your eighties and working all the way through to your nineties. But there's so many guys in the cigar industry that that's exactly what they did, and they loved every day doing it, every day. Yeah. And that's actually, I know that's what kept Avo alive was coming, wanting to come down to the cigar store smoke yeah. a cigar and hang out with people. You take that social aspect away from that guy and his life would, he wouldn't have any reason to get dressed and get out of the house every day. Mm, and yeah. so it's, it's, uh, you know, I, I say there's a lot of people. It's what, it's what actually keeps them going. And, and who was that world war two veteran that the oldest guy in America that passed away, he was a hundred and 103 oh, or yeah. 104. Yeah. And, he, uh, he was he a big was, cigar smoker. Yeah, he's like, man, I smoke cigars every day. And, and that's what he loves. And so, you know, it, there's, again, we didn't need studies for it. Just, I, I believe in what I see and in what I know. And that's what I have experienced. Yeah. Well, there's uh, two campaign messages. Uh, oh, <laughs> Borschwitz for president. <laughs> and then uh, our, uh, our Canadian brother. Also. Uh, Prime minister. You know, so. <laughs> Yeah. Listen, I love Canada, by the way. They, it's an interesting place. They got oh, uh, cigars are expensive as, as, as all get out there. Jeez, but they I, it, and, and they really, man, the cigar industry got abused in that country and uh, mm-hmm. abused by the government. It was interesting. I saved this as a as a souvenir when I was over there. They, they literally um, sell marijuana joints prepackaged in a little plastic tube. Yep. And and I was shocked that um that didn't have plain package pack plain package packaging yet cigars in that country are where cigar boxes have to be plain packaged like it's illegal to have a logo on a box so you have a box that looks like it did 100 years ago and, and you can't have that anymore but yet you had marketing on pre-rolled marijuana joints and i'm like how something's these wow. lines are getting crossed, right? I, and so I, I saved them. No and I was like, "Yeah, it was it was wild." But anyway, just it is what it is. I, you know, there's not a lot of a lot of people in Canada, so it's hard to fight the the system mm-hmm. when you're so outnumbered, and it's a yeah big, big country. 
Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. That's um, so one of the things I wanted to also um, touch on is a couple different facets of the legislative and regulatory piece. And the first one I want to ask about is, uh, as you know, as, as most people who follow any, even a little bit of cigar industry news over the last few months, uh, we learned that uh, Glenn loop is going to retire uh, and step away as executive director of, of the CRA. Um, I mean, he's, uh, he's a guy we've had him on the show, loved having a conversation with him and he, he's going to step away. Um, and from from an organization that 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 he had a, a huge role in in uh, creating, really. So, what are what are your thoughts about uh, the future of the of the CRA, and um, where do you see things going from here once he once he has his last his last day, you know, behind the desk? Well, I was one of the guys that was part of hiring Glenn, so. Um, seeing Glenn go, uh, I'm not, I, it, I don't, even when we talk about it, I don't like, I don't like, uh, it's, it brings up negative feelings for me because I, I like Glenn and I think he's a fantastic spokesman, uh, for the premium cigar industry. Uh, he loves it. He's, and I believe that anybody, um, let's, let's talk politics in DC for a minute. If you're a lobbyist in DC, you're a hired gun. There's a lot of guys that are hired to represent industries that they don't know two shits about and have no passion for, but that's their job, right? That's who Mm -hmm. they're hired to represent. Then you have guys that are hired to represent an industry that actually love it. Yeah. Um, And Glenn is one of those guys that loves it. And the problem that, you know, it was was Keith Park and I uh, were the ones that got CRA going and off the ground. And then, uh, you know, we, rounded up a great board of directors and a great support network for the whole uh, CRA. But the end of the day, I said this three years ago at a, at a TAA conference, we were down in Mexico. And the problem is, is it's the industry's running out of money and yeah. we're a small industry and we're fighting battles that are normally fought by giants like Altria mm. and, and Reynolds and, and, UST and stuff like this, big, big companies. And for them, when you're, you know, when you're dealing with lobbying, which is very expensive, and then dealing with a regulatory scheme, FDA, um, FDA is normally dealing with things like with companies like Merck and Pfizer and big money companies, right? And so here we are, this tiny industry that is trying to stay alive from a regulatory industry that is setting up rules that are that are meant for much much larger industries so we just don't have the capital to keep it going yeah and that's why uh you know one of the cool things about facebook it pulls up facebook memories every day yeah (laughs) you should see some of these memories the other day one popped up and we're with mitch mcconnell in washington dc and this thing was from I think it was from 1998, and um, it just goes to show you how long we've been doing this. And you added 12 years of of lobbying, and then in the last five years, I believe it was, four years, add on to uh, the legal costs of these federal lawsuits. Now you've got a tremendous financial burden that's being borne by essentially maybe 18 companies and 18 companies that aren't that big. 
And so this is just a, um, you know, when the FDA this week kind of tried, they tried to use a stall tactic and um, the federal judge sees through this, that this is simply a stall tactic uh, by saying that they might uh, allow premium cigars to, to apply for like a, a waiver, if you will, or an exemption for having to go through this expensive pre-market approval process. Well, that's crazy. That's just them. That's just them trying to delay it. It's, it's, right. it's a delay a game is what it is. And for every delay a game, remember their lawyers that work for them are paid for us by taxpayers. They've got this crazy budget. This, yeah. they got this pot of money and they just got to yeah. figure out how to spend it. They got more money than they able to do it. They're endless because so, they're the endless pocket. Right. So if you, now think of this, this is an art of war. And if you know your enemy has a finite resource and you have an infinite resource, which is the money stream, stall them out. It's mm -hmm. a siege. It's like, it's like mm -hmm. putting siege on a city, surround it. And pretty soon they're going to starve. Yeah. And that's what, that's what's happening here. But, but really on Monday, because when I saw that happen Thursday about the FDA putting out that, you know, that what I call a false flag, but then the judge on Monday kind of saying, listen, I don't, I, you guys are, you guys are clearly trying to regulate when you don't even know what you're regulating and you're trying to force these guys to do stuff that there's not even a clear path of what you're supposed to do. So all I got to say is I think my gut is saying we're going to beat them. Um, but I don't know. I, none of us knows until the decisions happen, but, yeah. um, I, I hope that common sense and reason, um, you know, everything in the, in the court is supposed to be based on, you know, reasonable. What would, what would a reasonable person do? Yeah. And so, um, I hope we're going to win. I think we're going to win it. I don't know. We'll find out. We got We only have what September 8th. So we got yeah. less than 30 days to figure this out. So yeah. what is that? Let's say it's a win for the cigar industry. Mm -hmm. What does that mean for you? I don't have to register in my brands, pay all that money to the lawyers to fill out all these forms and, and send them into the FDA. Yeah. So for yep. me, that's a lot. We have a lot of brands. You're smoking one of them right now, FSG and, and, and all these other brands that we have are, we've got tons of them. So yeah, it's, a, it's, it's means that we're not going to have to pay that money for the lawyers to fill out all those forms. I've looked at the forms and trust me, anything the government does, it's not simple. It doesn't matter whether it's applying for your, you know, like a, like if you're trying to apply for immigration or anything, they write forms that the, the average guy can't figure out. And so that's why you have to hire like a tax attorney or an immigration attorney or an FDA attorney. Yeah. Cause they're very, they're very misleading. On the question. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, they're also, this is the key thing with, with tobacco regulations when it comes to lumping in premium hand rolled cigars with, with big tobacco, with, with cigarettes and uh, uh, even, I mean, the, the whole flavored, discussion is a is, is a big piece of it too but when you have these people writing writing the regulations and and actually writing up these documents and these forms that have to be filled out and things like that you're talking about people who have written these that their their expertise is at writing forms and but their ex they don't know the first thing about the difference between that they just uh, and they're their mind works in a certain way where when they hear the word and everybody's this way, when you hear the word tobacco, what happens in your mind? What, what is the first thing that you, that happens in your mind when you hear the word tobacco? 
Yeah, it's, and, it's and, generally and, got a negative connotation. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. And they so so again, they're 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 all lawyers. You know, these FDA people, they're attorneys. They're extremely skilled. They're very smart people, but they're experts at writing forms and writing regulations. They don't know the first thing about premium hand rolled air cured tobacco. You talk about their expert writing stuff, but let's think about how they write. Let's. You guys are in IT, so let's look at how QuickBooks or Amazon builds their platform. It's consumer friendly, right? You figure mm-hmm. it out. Go to a government website and try right. to navigate your way through mm-hmm. any of these long government forms. Generally, about five minutes into, you're like, "Well, th- this question is so vague. I don't know what they're even asking me." And then half the time, you click on it, doesn't work either. By the way, because it's written on some kind of platform that was. 20 years ago it's had 32 updates and so yeah. you know it's it's that's what we're dealing with so you know anyway we'll we'll see where this goes and uh in a lot of those questions by the way were written and drafted by guys like philip morris that knew how to write these so that philip morris can navigate it but nobody else can so yeah. that's why regular regulatory schemes are usually you know tilted in one way towards the big guys yeah mm-hmm. well and it's also good that this is this is not the first time that you know it also happened with the uh the warning labels where a judge came along and said basically said to the fda uh and i'm way paraphrasing here i'm really simplifying it but the judge came along and said um hold on one sec we jeff are you still with us i think we might have a connection issue guys hold on one second yeah we have uh frozen jeff we are still live okay and we're still good. Uh, so, Matt, why don't you you want to finish your point while we wait for Jeff to yeah. reconnect here? Um, but it's it's talking about the uh, the warning labels that the that a judge wrote uh, uh, ruling on a few months ago, and then most recently here with the the deeming regulations and su- substantial equivalency, and that is that. The, so far, there have been judges a few times that have have looked at all this when the CRA or the PCA presents something and says, um, here's why we're saying that this is unconstitutional, why it's a violation, things like that. So um, we're going to get Jeff back on here. One moment here. I'm back. I guess. It looks like I'm on there twice now. Yeah, yeah sorry about that. I'm going to. There we go. This isn't Zoom, is it? The Chinese are listening in, man. They know that I'm <laughs> on to them. No, it's definitely not Zoom. Uh, but I don't, I don't know how far. But basically what I was saying was this is the this has been multiple times now where, where a federal judge has looked at everything that was presented by either a, a filing from PCA or CRA or, uh, and, and, and looked at everything and said, the FDA has not done their job according to their own regulations. True. Their regulations don't make sense. What they're asking for from these these companies is not has not been spelled out correctly. It's not been spelled out plainly, uh, and and that that is a good thing. And but it goes back to what you were saying, Jeff, as far as the art of war and surrounding the enemy's camp is. And, and Charlie Minato said this when we had him on the show mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. We had a bunch of industry guys on, and Charlie said, it, "It's it's a it's a nice feeling, but in the end, it doesn't necessarily mean it's a victory because all the yeah. judge is saying is that 
the FDA needs to go back and fix the way they have everything written out. It doesn't mean that they're wrong. The judge never said that the FDA isn't allowed to do this. The judge, the, the judge just said that the FDA has not provided uh, the, the correct level or, or um, uh, clarity to we go. their own regulations. So all that means is the FDA now can just say to themselves, okay, get their team in a room. And say, okay, here's what we have to fix. Here's the things that we have to fix about these, the, the way these, and... the verbiage, the way this is written, the way that's written, put things in the right order, and then resubmit it. And then eventually, it might not be next year, it might not be the year after that, but eventually the, the judges are going to say, yeah, you've really, from a pure constitutional standpoint, you've covered all your bases. And then that's the, I mean, that could be, pardon me, that could be, you know, the the nail. Charlie Minato's right. And that's yeah. why we got to get down to a judgment. And you know what, what? Here's the bad part. Philip Morris had some issues with some of the uh, regulatory issues right out of the gate. They were able to get in front of a judge and get a, and a, get a judgment very quickly. And that's because money talks. And, mm-hmm. and when you got an army of lawyers and big fat checkbooks you can do things like that and that's why we're at listen we're we're not the premium cigar industry is not designed to work in this that regulatory scheme so so we've got some problems let's see what happens um we'll have an interesting conversation in the next two weeks yeah yep we have to because the eighth is coming up so we'll we'll see what happens and my my biggest hope um I've been saying this for years. My biggest hope, and I think the biggest win we could possibly see, and like you said, Jeff, we need a judgment. We need something that expressly states that premium hand-rolled cigars are exempt. The exemption for premium hand-rolled cigars, that, to me, that is the, that is the hill to die on. That's my personal opinion. That's the hill to die on. Well, real quick, a lot of people don't like talk in politics, but I will say this and, and I'll say this because I, I feel I have to, is that elections matter. This next election matters. Um, the FDA, nothing worse has happened to us in the last four years with the FDA. And I can tell you that if the administration changes, the pressure points change. And the FDA is going to have a free will again and a lot of support to go hard on us. The second thing that's important is uh, the state, uh, two states south of you there in Illinois, Dick Durbin, um, who's a ranking member of the Democratic uh, Party in the Senate, has another tobacco bill. I don't know if you guys were familiar with with the S-chip cigar tax, the federal cigar mm-hmm. tax that yeah. occurred in 2008. There's another S-chip type of federal cigar tax that doubles it again. And it the bill's already baked and sitting there in the Senate. It's got like eight different co-sponsors. They're all part of an anti-tobacco coalition. And we're in it. And so, you know, when you see how laws are passed, most bills are have been staged for years ahead of time, right. waiting for leadership to change, waiting for majorities and minorities to change, and waiting yeah. for administrations to change. Yes, and I'm telling you, there's another one. No one's no one's really talking about it enough, and there's but it, it's there. And so we have to be very very careful on that. And it's not that there's a president like like if Joe Biden wins that he's against cigars. It's not. It, it's, that's not even how it works. Right. There's coalitions that work within the party. Within right. the party, you have an anti-tobacco coalition that'll work within the party 
and that coalition doesn't get resistance from the rest of the party and so that's yeah. how it sails through so yeah. we've got those we've got some major challenges coming up um that hinge on this election yeah and the parties the the parties like you said from changing minorities and majorities uh presidential administrations and and so many different changes that happen throughout government with a new supreme court seat whatever it is yeah the 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 people who not necessarily a supreme court as much but but senators congressmen representatives uh presidents that kind of thing governors mayors they they make decisions based on one thing i don't care what what party they are they make decisions based on what thing one thing will this get me re-elected or political contributions too though political contributions as well and and if they believe that whatever it is they're putting forward will gain them uh affinity with their constituents and and make their constituents happy regardless of whether or not it's true whether it's right Mm -hmm. whatever it is if they believe that it's going to gain them favor with their constituents uh then they 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 believe that, therefore that their constituents are going to continue to vote for them and if there are a lot of people and again this goes back to the consumer education piece where you know a, 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 there are, there are tens of millions of people out there who who either don't realize that premium cigar that consuming a premium cigar is different than consuming a cigarette they either don't know or they don't care the, the mm-hmm. latter is true that the, they don't care. We've, we've already worked with Dick Durbin for the last 15 years. Yeah. I've met with him. Other retailers from Illinois have met with him and we have explained the premium cigar situation to him, the category, everything he understands, but he comes back with the same, same answer. He doesn't care. Yeah. He's had a family member that died from lung cancer from cigarettes, but him doesn't matter. Yeah. So, you, you know, you're not going to change that, but also you have to realize they there's for every, force on one side of an issue there's another force on uh, that's that's pushing and and has money with them as well yep. so there there's large health groups that have money and uh that will will you know they contribute a lot of money so and this is where we come full circle for the cra you mm-hmm. know the original question that put us down this so you know glenn loop leaving the cra um i think that's a big loss for both you know our legislative um fighting and all the relationships that glenn had um where do you see the cra in the next year well a lot of this depends on what's going on with ipcpr too look at these guys they just laid everybody off i don't know if they hired anybody back or not i've I've seen a i I saw scott put out a couple emails but i don't know there's certainly not full force the first, and, the first announcement was that they furloughed everybody, which was right. four, 14, 14 total employees that they were furloughing everyone, including including himself, Scott, Scott Pierce. Yep. That everybody was gone. But then, about six, seven days after the furlough was to have begun, it was announced that uh, Scott and I apologize, I don't recall his name right now, but one other uh, gentleman. They're the only two that are not that are not on furlough right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, which yeah. I, I, we, we were a lot of a lot of us were very confused when we first heard about the furlough because we thought how what you can't run you, you it's it's like having a ship floating on the ocean with no crew. I mean, you have, you you don't, have, they don't have any money. If you don't have enough money to put fuel in the ship, the ship can't sail. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's the problem. We're you know you've had a trade show that was canceled, so you, they lost a lot of money there. Right. And you've got big legal bills piling up. You know, yes. the lawyers that are representing the premium cigar industry get paid a lot of money. Yes. And so uh, that's why I'm telling you, everything comes down to, you know, it's I, I it's like the saying is socialism. Socialism, you know, it, it stops working when you run out of other people's money. And in this situation, the uh, CRA, IPCPR, this industry is small. I'm telling you, it's running out of money. That's why we need a decision. We need to get something yeah. going. And that's why there's a there's a problem there. But at the end of the day, we're still a country where individuals have a voice. We still have a, a system that um, I'm convinced when I went up there in 2007 as an individual, no lobbyist, no nothing, just me sending emails and working a telephone where it was able to gain access to uh, – members of Congress in both House and Senate and high ranking members, too, by the way. And um, it's really important for people to have a great relationship with their local official, your local congressman and your state senator. And so if you have those if you politics are like bankers, you you know, a banker is always there wanting to loan you money when you don't need it. But when you need it, sometimes they're hard to find. Yeah. Uh, politicians are the same way. You've got to have those relationships as a business owner, any mm-hmm. whether small business or not, you need to have those relationships because there's going to be a time where you need to make those phone calls. I, I was telling my wife about this earlier a few days ago, um, you know, with this COVID situation where we're, you know, bars or it's easy to close down bars, but leave everything else open. Well, you know, it, I find that to be a very unfair situation where you can go to a, a sushi restaurant and supposedly have a drink and a meal and you're safe, but you go three steps over to a cigar lounge and you're going to die from COVID. You're that just bed. does not make sense. Even though we could practice the exact same uh, CDC guidelines, social distancing, temperature checks, use all those same precautions. But for some reason, if you serve a whiskey in a glass in a cigar lounge, that guy's going to get sick. Okay. Right. That doesn't make sense. So, You've got to, in this situation, this is done on local levels. You have governors that are doing it. You have city uh, councils and mayors, and you have county commissions. So that's why it's like, you know, I had, we, um, we support a lot of different uh, uh, politicians. And so you never know when you need to be, make that phone call and say, listen, I need, can you help me get through to, you know, the, the, the person in charge of, of business and professional regulation and stuff like that. And so, there's times you got to lean on those relationships. It might be 10 years that you never needed somebody. And then in 10 years, something happens like this. And it's like, listen, I, I need some help here. You, you know, these relationships matter. And the other thing about politics is that the guy that your local state rep- representative later becomes your state senator, later becomes a member of Congress, later becomes a, a, a you know, they, they, most politicians continue a career in politics. Yeah. So it's important that you you have those relationships and make sure the the most important thing when it comes to anything is that you know either at the table when these things are being discussed or you're on the menu so if you're not at the table when these things are being discussed they're not going to know how this affects your industry so you better make sure that you're there so you can at least advocate and it's much easier to advocate before something is done it's hard to change things once it's written down yep yeah Do you think, um, or do you think, or do you know, um, uh, 
CRA have somebody in mind for uh, taking the reins? I have no idea. I'm not okay. on the board of directors anymore. I still okay. talk to the people there, but um, I don't pry. So I'm more of a listener, not an asker when it comes to trying to dig in this stuff like that. I'd rather stay out of it. But, but I would uh, hope, I mean, just as a consumer and uh, a member of CRA, uh, I would hope that the moment that that Glenn sat down and, and told the board that he was going to be stepping away, that the, immediately a search committee was formed to, uh, you know, to find uh, somebody I have, reigns. I got confidence in the, the guys that are on the board of directors. So, you know, let's uh, see what happens They're Listen, it's their business on the line, just like the rest of us. So um, yeah. we're not, we can't go sailing without a captain. We can't have a ship that doesn't leave port. So right. let's see what happens here. Yeah. And if you guys aren't familiar with the CRA and you're not a member, just go out to, you know, cigarrightsofamerica.org and uh, they make it incredibly easy to find information about what is going on legislatively, both locally and nationally. Yeah. And uh, they'll give you all the numbers. They'll, they even have letters pre-written. Um, it's, a, it's an amazing tool. And I encourage everybody, if you enjoy this product, if you enjoy this, this culture, to be that, you know, yes, we are a small industry and a small culture, but we have a voice. And uh, the CRA has done a wonderful job of uh, providing a platform for our voices. Yeah. And it's not a big ask either, by the way, um, no. a political ask. What I'm saying is that we have a lot of customers that are really, you know, that are tied into politics. They're, they're local community leaders and yep. you know, the politicians and things like that. And at the end of the day, the simplest ask for a consumer is that that has somebody's ear in politics to say, listen, man, you know, the cigar lounge is different. Can we make sure that these guys are, aren't getting hammered? Like, you know, what we're trying to do, you're trying to protect kids and all that other kind of stuff, but let's make sure that we're not knocking out the local cigar shop or, or the local cigar lounge that, you know, I like to frequent. And, yeah. and honestly, it's just sometimes as easy as that. Because they're like, oh, no, no, we're not trying to hit that guy there. You know, no, I know that place has been there since, you know, 50 years. It's right in the corner there. It's, yeah, no, it's, it's it's not that hard of an ask. And that's all it takes is, is just for an individual's voice to be to be heard. Yeah. And, but if you don't bring it up, sometimes you're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I wasn't really going after the cigar guys. I'm going after that vape category, the kids in school that are vaping or something. That's what they're trying to do. Right. So, so a lot of times it's just a matter of bringing it up because we always get caught up in those things that are either, you know, vape has been a big, big issue last year. Uh, we haven't heard much about it because of COVID, but last year vape was a hot topic when oh, yeah. a few people dying from trying to vape who knows what. I'm and sure it wasn't it wasn't nicotine that they were trying to trying to right. trying to vape. Yeah. But anyway, um, you know, so you saw how quickly things happened after that. So it's important that we're, we're we least have a voice. Yeah. So. For the last few years, you know, uh, we saw attendance um, decline a little bit at the PCA, the IPCPR trade show um, early, very beginning of. 2020 in January, the the big four cigar companies announced they would not be exhibiting at the trade show. And then COVID happens, which throws, it's not just the premium cigar industry, COVID's changed everything. But, you know, then the inevitable answer finally came that the PCA trade show was going to be canceled. Um, what are your, what are you thinking for, for 2021 and beyond? Do you, do you think, uh, 
we're going to see the trade show return? Yeah, I think so. Okay. It's, it's, it, if, they're, if they're able to, uh, which I think if we will be out of this COVID thing come November, um, I, I do see a show next year. However, there's two things that you mentioned. Attendance is a problem. And with attendance comes expense uh, for the manufacturers. What's your return on investment? How much money does it take cost to actually go to the show? And then for the retailer too, what does it cost to go? What is their return on investment? Mm-hmm. And and so we there's a problem on that side of it. The big four that pulled out, that, that was more of a political move um, of, of jockeying for position of who's uh, you know, there's 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 a difference of opinion on FDA right. regulation. Obviously, right. the larger companies can handle it; the smaller guys can't. And um, if you can handle it, and it and your company is secured, and you already spent tons of money going through the process, you know, a lot of people haven't. Well, it benefits you, the guy that spent all the money. Yeah. And they're not real happy when they spend tons of money on registering brands and going through all these regulatory uh, hoops, and then finding out, hey, it was all for nothing, right? Yeah. So. Uh, so the big four, that was a different issue, but, but there is a problem. But it still I, contributes to the overall, to the overall health of the PCA as an organization. Without a doubt. Without yeah. a doubt. It hurts the trade show too. Listen, the show's right. not going to be as good without this big four, especially yeah. Drew Estate. That, that, that's one of the bigger, uh, more fun atmospheres uh, yeah. during the show. Everybody likes Absolutely. to go there. Yeah. It's, it's, they have a very, they put on a great uh, uh, show at the yeah. show. So uh, losing them is hurts, and then Davidoff at the same time. Davidoff puts on a, historically has put on a really luxurious type of, of, of events and very classy. So having them down there uh, hurts the show as well. So yeah, there's some challenges. Uh, I would love to see the show move out of Las Vegas and, and Amen. I've been in this for you know, 25 years, and the show used to bounce around, and and there is not that opportunity to do that as much anymore. Yeah. Where we, you know you could have it in Nashville, you have it in in different cities, and yeah, nobody wants to smoke indoors. Nobody right. wants. However, in the center. there's still uh there's still three cities that you could do that. You could get it done in Florida. You could get it done in New Orleans. You can get it done in Las Vegas. So I always look at it as like the problem. You know, Orlando is a timeshare type of place. A lot of timeshares are sold here. Biggest problem with timeshare is you get tired of going back to the same place every year. Yeah. Hey, what are we doing this summer? Same thing we did last summer. Same yeah. thing we did the summer before. Where are we going? Same place we did five years ago. And yeah. you're like, man, I don't want to go there anymore. Let's go somewhere else. So uh, having it in Las Vegas every year, you'll have that same effect. For a lot of retailers, this is their one week. They don't when, Listen, when you have a cigar store or any small business, um, Taking time off is something that's very difficult to do when you have a very small business because yeah. you're, you're somewhat chained to that business. So by not having the opportunity to go to some different cities, it's just not as attractive. So going to Vegas is great, but not doing it every year. But if you can mix up the cities and, you know, hey, let's go to Tampa. We'll be in a cigar city. We can go see J.C. Newman. We can go do this. We can do that. Let's go to Orlando. We can go to, you know, bring the wife and kids. We'll go to Disney World. Yep. Next year, we're in New Orleans. Hey, man, I always like getting those beignets and stuff and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you mix it up, right? Give you something Absolutely. else to do and, yeah. and gives you a reason to want to go see that. So, um, but now let's talk the business side. If you're Las Vegas Convention Center, they're going to say, listen, if you sign with us for the next five years, we're going to give you a really good deal. We, you know, we're going to give you the fifth year free. Right. Uh, and the fourth year, we're going to give discounted, right? So so there are incentives to do it in the same city 
fi yeah. financial incentives. So you got to balance all this stuff out. And it's not as easy as when you're sitting on the outside, it's not as easy to, to look at all these factors as when you're actually having to make those decisions. But it's, it, it's, there's a lot of stuff at play right now and I would love to see it move. Um, they've, if, if you keep doing the same thing that they've been doing in the past, there's, situation is not going to get any better it's going to get worse yeah so right now is a critical time for the uh pca to um make the right moves and yeah. i i don't know whether it's going to happen i don't know i've been on the board in the past i I'm, I'm um i don't know what's going on right now in their future yeah um <laughs> One last thing in this in this kind of main segment of questions, and and, and that's really kind of a, a lightweight question that you may have had asked you a, a dozen times. But um, if you, uh, you do, you have something that you would consider to be a desert island cigar? Yeah, you know, the FSG that you're smoking right now. Okay, there you go. <laughs> it's the easy question. I smoke those all the time. So that's that's I, that I smoke probably the two of those a day. That's my that's my go to cigar, and it is fantastic. Know. Yeah, it's not a yeah. bad choice for a desert island cigar. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yep, that's it's, it. It's not too strong for. I mean, this mm -mm. this I could smoke this in the morning with coffee. It's not. Oh, it's not strong at all. Absolutely. I'm I'm a medium body cigar guy, and that's why that one I love it. And um, that's that's my favorite cigar of all. And we make a lot of different cigars with FSG tobacco. Some of them are strong, intended to be strong. Some have a very Cuban-esque type, type of uh, profile. The ones that Aganorsa makes for us, the, the Corona 20th anniversary, all of those very Cuban-esque because they're all using Crojo tobacco, our Crojo and Aganorsa's Crojo. So that's a very Cuban style cigar. Yeah. The one from Drew Estate, much more, uh, uh, you know, Brazilian wrapper on, or you get the broadleaf. But I, I prefer the the round one with the Brazilian. The broadleaf is a little bit uh, stronger, and mm -hmm. so uh, I'm more of a medium bodied cigar guy. And um, this Finca Santa Fe that we make with the FSG in it too, very Cuban esque type of cigar. So, and then the American itself, that's got a, that's a little strong too. That's a heavier cigar too. I'm yeah. smoking one now, but um, it's you know 9:30, 10 o'clock at night. I'm not going to fire up an American in the morning. It's just a little too heavy for me. Yeah. Well, let's um, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's move into this week's smokabulary word. And smokabulary, guys, as you know, it's always brought to us by AJ Fernandez. Born and raised in Cuba, AJ Fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The day-to-day -day operations at Tabacalera AJ Fernandez are managed under the watchful eye of Mr. Fernandez himself in order to ensure superior quality. The A.J. Fernandez portfolio of premium cigars provides blend, strength, and flavor profiles to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer. Whether it's New World, Dios de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from A.J. Fernandez. So, and Jeff, I'm going to want your input on this vocabulary word for this week. This week's vocabulary <laughs> word is blue mold. And so for our, for our viewers and listeners, uh, I did a little bit of research on blue mold specifically, and I'm going to try to pronounce this right. Perons, Peronospara tobacchina. It, it's, it's, a, um, it's a fast spreading fungus that can basically destroy an entire crop if it's not managed properly. So, uh, Jeff, have you ever had any experience seeing this, uh, damage a crop and you know, what, uh, uh, how can it affect you know the a tobacco crop? Well, it it 
the spores travel through the air, so they can actually go a long way. Um, the U.S. Department of Agriculture used to, I, I think they still do actually, if you, if you um, Google blue mold, they used to show um, the paths of the, of the spores. So it, it attacks all tobacco, cigar tobacco, cigarette tobacco, and everything. But it, it supposedly generates from, from down south. So um, moving from the Caribbean up. Um, and it attacks fast, but we've never, we have never experienced it at the FSG farm ever. Yeah. Um, I, I hate to say that because I'll probably get it tonight. Well, actually, we don't, we don't have tobacco on the ground right now, but, but um, in the fall, who knows? But uh, blue mold, um, it, 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 it's a fast acting uh, fungus that attacks the leaves, puts spots on the leaves, and, and, and will ruin the crop uh, within a day or two. There are uh, fungicides to, help um once you get it it's hard to get rid of it um but there are systemic fungicides that can sort of inoculate the plant but the fungicides that have been used for blue mold have been used for 30 to 40 years and one of the things about fungicides it's sort of like like penicillin uh loses its effectiveness over years and years and years yeah so um it 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 still is a problem um but I think a lot of it has to do with uh, El Nino years, La Nina years, humidity in the atmosphere, trade winds, things like that. Um, but it's it's more of an issue for guys in Central America uh, and Cuba and the Caribbean um, than it is for us. I, I will say this, that the, the disease that I hear more about uh, from fellow tobacco growers is black shank. And that seems to be more of a problem that 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 guys are are having to combat sometimes um, in uh, Caribbean and southern farms that are below us, you know, whether it's yeah. Cuba or, or Dominican Republic. Um, we have something that looks like blue mold. It's called the target spot. It's it's also caused by a fungus, but it's not from spores in the air. It's from spores that are in the soil, and and it's a naturally occurring mm -hmm. fungus in the soil. It's not a bad fungus. We need it because soil is a living organism. Yeah. If you didn't have uh, the, the bacteria and the fungus in the soil, you would never have the decomposition of organic material. So every time, every season when leaves fall on the ground or grass clippings are on the ground, if you didn't have active soil, those would never biodegrade and turn back into nutrients for the plant to uptake later. So you have to have an active soil. But the issue that we have is that that fungus that's in the soil that's decomposing dead plant material the yeah. dust will get up in those in in those those spores can settle on the leaves and try to start eating green leaves and that's where, mm. where we can have a problem okay so uh yeah guys that is this week's smokabulary word mm -hmm. brought to you by aj fernandez and now it's time for numero de los muertos all right guys Numeros de los Muertos is brought to you by Oveja Negra Brands. They bring you premium smoking experiences forged from tobacco, time, and talent. Comprised of Black Label Trading Company, Blackworks Studio, Dissonant, and Emilio, Oveja Negra Brands provide smokers uncompromising blends renowned for their flavor and lasting impression. Oveja Negra, where art and tobacco collide. Join the flock. Visit ovejanegracigars.com to learn more. All right, guys. All right. 
we got a we got a toughie, but a fun one. All right. So and as always, viewers, join the conversation if you have guesses along the way. And Jeff, this is for all of us. We're gonna play twenty questions here. So if anybody got guesses, throw them out. What's our What's our number? The number is five a year in the U.S. I hate low numbers. That's the hardest ones to guess. Yeah, but these are the most fun. These are these yeah. are fascinating. So this one is fascinating. So I'll give you a little, um, a, a little something to go on. This happens to about sixty percent of the population at least once in your lifetime. And it is uh, it is rarely dangerous, um, but obviously, five people a year do fall victim to this. <laughs> and the five is in the U.S. only. Correct. This is U.S. only. And how many a year are affected by it? But Two, don't die. Two point four million. In when you say five. Well, that okay. Are victims. So, that means they're gonna fall, they're gonna die from this. Correct. They, Only five people die from this, and that two point four million. That is when this is um, when it's serious. So, chickenpox. Only, only five people die. It is not chickenpox. Wow. It most commonly happens with children. Bee sting. Ooh, not bee stings. Mmm, tonsillitis. Tonsillitis. That's a good. That's a good guess, and is it that, is not. That's not it. Mm-mm. Um, is it uh, the appendix? Mmm. Not the appendix. Measles. It is not measles. Chad says, Chad says dog bites. Is it dog bites? <laughs> What's funny about that guess is uh, that was actually, uh, that was the number that we had for Jeff the first time he was a guest. Oh, yeah, that's right. It is not dog bites. Jim says hepatitis. It is not hepatitis. Um, okay, mostly affects children. Um and I would assume that everybody in this room has had this happen. Okay, that changes things. I was about to make I was about to say epilepsy. John says smallpox. It is not smallpox. Um Oh, amoeba. No, we not that many people have it amoebas. Never mind. Yeah, I'm not an amoeba. I will. Uh, I'll give another another clue. It happens in more arid environments. Is it algae? It is not algae. Okay, because that's been more and more common over the past ten or so years. Uh, Chad, it is not strep throat. Most of us have had this happen. Mm-hmm. This is a good one. Um, yeah. Um, we need another clue. Um, all right. So air, um, you said arid environments, correct. It is more common in arid environments. 
um, uh, mm. asthma. It is not asthma. It is not hay fever or just fever. It is neither of those. Um, think sinus. I mean, it's, are, are we talking a simple sinus infection? Mm-mm. No. Bloody nose. Jeff is that- for the win. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Nailed it. That was a good, that was a tough one. Yeah. This week. Bloody. So wow. Bloody nose. Yep. Five people a year die from a bloody nose. And that doesn't include people that have like a, uh, a thin blood disorder or, you know, um, anything like that. It is literally five people die from, uh, a serious nosebleed. I wonder if it's from blood loss or, or, or choking. So, and actually that it, it's, it's, uh, both it, um, it, it can be either, I should say, um, either it is from blood loss or it is from choking on it in their sleep. Where do you come up with this? <laughs> I've he's, had to start digging. Yeah. He's, he's been doing this for 70 shows now. Yep. Um, and it's funny because, I mean, not funny. It's ironic because when I was a kid, uh, I was probably, uh, I was little. I was three years old, maybe four years old. We were, I mean, I wasn't playing. I was basically just getting in the way. Uh, my brothers and some of the neighbor kids playing stickball in the alley behind the house when I was a little kid. And I somehow who knows, got in the way when somebody was swinging at a pitch. I walked, I just ran right in front of them when they're swinging at a pitch. And I caught the stick square on the bridge of the nose. And just, I mean, it looked like a horror movie. And <laughs> and I get all cleaned up and everything. But, but for the next probably five years, I had chronic nosebleeds. Wow. Almost weekly where, where it would just open up and... yeah. Just it was it was terrible, but then it just went away. It's just I haven't. I don't think I've had a nosebleed since I was ten years old. I'm with you. But getting cracked on the you know getting cracked on the nose playing stickball, um, just I don't know. Maybe it just loosened something up where, you know, the blood vessels up there were weakened for a few years until I got older. Mm-hmm. So what um, happens when you fly, Matt? Does it ever pop up then? No, it doesn't. Um, the one thing this is the weird thing though. I get severe headaches especially sinus headaches right up in the forehead where it's seriously, when I fly, it feels like my forehead's going to crack open. I've it's seen people get nosebleeds from that. It's been that way ever since I, I've, I've been flying. It's uh, it, it feels, I mean, usually I have to take, um, take something really powerful just to keep the pain down because uh, the pressure from, from changing elevations I feel like my head's going to snap, snap in two. It's crazy. Uh, but fortunately, no, no nosebleeds. Well, that was a good one. That was a good one. So, yeah, that was this week's Numero de los Muertos. That was a good one. I like that. All right. So a little lightning round, Jeff. Last time we had you on the show, we had the useless fact of the week. And thank God we got rid of this that segment because it was just <laughs> not uh, – that was a non-starter. But 
we have some some uh, not long after you were on the show last we we changed things up a little bit. So these are some fun non cigar related questions. If you could choose to hear the thoughts of one living person for ten minutes, who would it be and why? Hmm. Living person right now. Um, <laughs> the judge in this FDA trial. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That is a great answer. Yeah. Yeah. It saved me a lot of, uh, <laughs> saved me a lot of tension or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yep. Although I, I have I have to believe that a lot of what goes through that judge's mind is, God, the people at the FDA are morons. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to know what he's where he's where he's at. Yeah. yeah. All right. So next question: If you were about to get into a fight, what soundtrack music would come on? <laughs> Rocky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's classic. Yeah. You can't go wrong with that. All right, so choose one of the following. You could hit a home run as a starting pitcher. You could score a touchdown as a defensive lineman. You could score a hockey goal as the goalie. Or you could score a soccer goal as the goalie. Wow. I'd say a touchdown as a defensive lineman. Yes. Oh yeah, I, li- I like to watch those big guys the way they run. And yeah. They're just so clumsy, and they look like a rhinoceros <laughs> coming down the field. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, I remember when the fridge was playing for the Bears. Man, it, it yeah. Was, oh, yeah. When when they gave my handoff during the Super Bowl, here comes the fridge coming through. Man, it was like anyway. Yeah, that I like seeing that. Yeah. So, what's the uh, what's the number one piece of advice that you would give a brand new premium cigar consumer? Consumer. Uh, don't inhale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, amen. Yes. Amen. Awesome. Yeah, I was uh, I was having a conversation with uh, a friend last night who's not a he's not a cigar smoker, but he's he found out that he didn't he didn't know that I uh you know did this cigar podcast and all this stuff and he said, "Yeah, I tried a I, I tried a cigar once years ago and and it turned me off to it because I accidentally inhaled." Mhm. And I yeah. said, "Well, I'm glad you. I'm glad you said accidentally inhaled because you knew at the time you were smoking the cigar you weren't supposed to inhale." He said, "Yeah, I knew I wasn't supposed to. It was just totally by accident that I inhaled, and I got really sick, and I haven't touched the cigar since." That's why we tell everyone when they, a lot of people have their first cigar, Corona cigar. Most of them don't inhale, especially if they were a, a cigarette smoker or are a cigarette smoker. Right. You know, and I'm like, Mem- don't inhale, and, and mm-hmm. it's it's the you know the best analogy is like you know chewing tobacco or snuff you know you don't eat it and if you do you're going to get sick so if you inhale a cigar you're not going to you're not going to feel too good so yeah that's the probably the most important thing that most tobacconists need to make sure not only tobacconists but friends that say hey have a cigar with me make sure you tell them that because otherwise they're going to be you know they're not going to tell you they're feeling sick because they're going to feel like you know they're not tough enough to smoke it well you're not you're not supposed to inhale guys so yeah number one advice all right, so uh, this week's notable smokable, um, uh, Jeff. We I think we did this last time you were on the show. Uh, just something interesting that you've smoked recently. It could be from any brand at all. Something that that you smoked recently and said, "Man, this is really 
And it could be also something that's been on the market forever that you just haven't smoked in, in 10 years. Is there anything recently that you smoked that just really kind of piqued your interest? Um, it wasn't that recent, but the, uh, that one from Reese, the, the JSK with the uh, CBD. The Nugs? The, uh, oh, the Nugs. Yeah, the Nugs with the, with the CBD in it. The yeah. um, one with the higher level in it. The 100 milligram? Um, yeah, yep. the hundred milligram. When I smoked that, I really liked that cigar. It tasted really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you couldn't, you could not detect any uh, off notes from the CBD. Yep. And I've been told that CBD tastes bitter, but uh, that cigar, regardless CBD or not, really tasted good. And so um, I, I thought that was uh, uh, very interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's a good cigar. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I actually prefer just because uh, I've tried both. Um, I think they're both good, but I actually like the 20 milligram. Uh, and I agree, you can't taste the CBD. Um, uh, but it's, uh, yeah, I think it's a good cigar. I like the 100 because of the Maduro um, just had a really good flavor to it. So yeah. that was probably the most surprising. Um, and also, um, it's got really good tobacco in it, yep. which, which I yeah. didn't expect it to have uh, as good of uh, a tobacco used in the cigar. Uh, as it as it does so that was a that was a a, a pleasant surprise yeah uh what was yours this week garrett luchador oh wow i haven't even heard that name in a while i know that's uh sam lucia yep yeah wow and i forgot um, about the luchador i had two and um we were doing kind of a little swap thing the other day at the shop and um i saw that in somebody's humor i was like what can i give you for that cigar because i haven't had one in i don't know how many years now and uh did a trade and smoked it right away and that's that was a damn good cigar yeah it's a good cigar i like it i like that it. that was probably made a long time ago too now oh, sam yeah. by the way is a, one of the most talented cigar rollers that that um a, a gringo that taught himself or learned how to roll um man he is good at it and, yeah. and it's it's that is I was so impressed when, when he was doing the uh, shows back when Dub uh, was released. And I was like, man, this guy's not, he's not faking it. He's damn good at rolling mm-hmm. cigars. So I thought that was really cool. That was a long time ago. That was yeah. a, an awesome launch when, when uh, they did Nub back then. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, it's ironic because uh, mine is uh, an Oliva product, and I revisited an old uh, faithful cigar that I've loved forever, as long as I can remember, uh, the Oliva Serie G Robusto. Yeah, nice Cam- cigar. Cameroon mm-hmm. wrapper, simple, inexpensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, f- I found it in a tray uh, in one of the bottom shelves of my humidor, and uh, I, I don't have a clue how, even how old it was. It was just, it's a cigar I've loved um, for for many years. Now, that was the box press one, right? Yep. Yeah. So that's that's a really nice cigar because it's got a little sweetness to it. Mm-hmm. And I find that the Series G is a cigar that's that's um, better, uh, newer than if it, it's been sitting around for three, four, five years. Hmm. Um, because the Cameroon on that cigar, I think, is even more flavorful when it's when it's quote fresher. Let's call it yeah. versus uh, aging is not Connecticut cigars. And some Cameroon cigars, aging is not necessarily its friend. Right. It kind of can lose some of its flavor. Um, but I like that little bit of sweetness that's on that G. And it's in, in they're really, they're a great value and well-made. Yep. Yeah, definitely. 
So for viewers and listeners, I want to give you an idea. Next week on August 18th, uh, we're going to talk to George Rami, and he is from Camacho Cigars. And we're going to learn about the new Camacho Nicaragua, the newest uh, 2020 version of the Camacho Liberty, and much more about Camacho. So be sure, as always, tune in again next week. Uh, Jeff, give us a final idea. Uh, where is the best place to get for our viewers and listeners to get all the best up-to-date information about Corona Cigar and FSG? CoronaCigar.com. Just get on the website and, uh, and get on our uh, email list. That's the best way. And then also... Uh, Florida Sun Grown Tobacco Group. It's a, a Facebook group, Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, a really, I do a lot of little impromptu videos on that. And here's one of the things, Facebook plays around a lot, a lot of games with cigar-related <laughs> content, as you yeah. guessed, I'm sure you know. Oh, um, yeah. You know, it, it, unless you visit Corona Cigars' Facebook pages, you will not see them on your feed. And that's true with any cigar company. They intentionally... Uh, blacklist of the cigar and we can't advertise either so right. you'll never see a sponsored thing in there from corona yeah. cigar so it's kind of hard to, to see any content from us on there unless you go to corona cigars facebook page but if you go to the, the florida sun grown tobacco group groups show up on your feet right yeah. and so you'll see that and so uh i'm always posting stuff what's what's happening at, at the farm or with fsg or what we're doing at tobacco um you know, last live video I did, we were planting a cover crop. I was at the farm today. I was going to show where that cover crop is right now because it's actually about eight inches tall and it looks really pretty and green. But uh, maybe I'll post a picture later. But um, that's that's probably the quickest, the, the best uh, news feed on that. And then, um, again, we do, we do cattle, too. So sometimes I, I did during COVID, everybody was so freaking bored. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and they, they were just, I mean, my wife's watching some kind of. Uh, I don't know where people bring people over for a 90 day or 30 day fiance or something like that. Anyway, there's always yeah. crazy shows people are watching and the alligator guy or whatever, the tiger guy. So anyway, um, <laughs> we did a, uh, hell, I just did a, I did a, a video from the cab of the tractor, how to, how to run a John Deere and, and put the mower out and stuff. So, you know, there's always kind of different stuff in there. That's not always just the, uh, the tobacco farm. Sometimes we'll show what we do with the cattle too, just to keep it interesting. I mean, oh yeah, people mm-hmm. are starved for 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 entertainment. Put it that way. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, the uh, Florida Sun Grown Tobacco Group. All right, awesome, uh, Jeff. You know, for uh, for your second appearance uh, on our show, we're grateful. We had a great time, and and, yeah. and I hope you had some fun with us. Uh, and we we look forward to being able to actually you know sit down somewhere together and actually enjoy uh, a cigar face to face. Well, thanks for having me on the show, and uh, hopefully uh, everything up in your state and in your city is going to get back to uh, better days, and uh, yeah. we're, you're in our thoughts, put it that way. Yeah, yeah appreciate we it. appreciate it. All our viewers and listeners, as always, we appreciate you guys so much. Yeah, thanks you for know, the love. You guys give us love. You you spend your time with us, and, and honestly, it means the world to us. So. Uh, thank you for continuing to watch the show and listen to the show. Um, if you have any questions, we always say this. Make sure send us an email directly from the website, howaboutthatcigar.com. Follow us on social media at HBT Cigar. And until we see you next time, burn cigars, not bridges. See you guys. Thanks, guys.